Welcome. You're listening to the Heritage Podcast. To learn more about Heritage, including meeting times and upcoming events, visit us online at www.heritageff.org. Now, let's get into today's podcast. Amen. We're, we're dealing with, with some powerful truths. Go back to the third verse again in this as we relate to that and, and go to Genesis 1-3. There he is. And, and notice, if we will, because we're tag-teaming today. So I just want to pick up from where, where, that, where this verse was. I didn't know he was going to go there, but let, let me show you something in this. And he said, God said. So anything God said starts off spiritual. Any. So the word light there means he released glory into nothingness. Because nothing existed. There wasn't anything there. So God spoke and glory in, in the uh, King James Version is referred to as, as light. But without comprehending, understanding, because we do everything by Webster's Dictionary. And so, uh, and so because of it, the glory is what he released. He released glory... That's why in every season, in every day, in every year, God's the same, because you can't shut off His glory. There is absolutely no way that His glory can be affected by any day, any season, or any year. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And then God saw this glory that came up out of Him. Everything that he was, he created it in glorious state. And that's why all have fallen short of the glory. Isn't that what Paul said? We all fall short of the glory that he created all of us to be a part of. And so this, this, area, of, of the, of the, the, this area of light is all on us right now. God said it. That's why all of your... All of your and all of your and all of your shall be filled with glory. And if it's filled with glory, you'll never have it without the essence of oh God is. God is filling all in all, has always been. God said, There's nothing out here, just me. So I'll say something that I see in here. And when I see it, It'll be because I said it. And I haven't seen it because I haven't said it. So I say, light. And he saw. And everything that you have in life is based on on that level of what you see. Everything is on this. uh, This is our year of change. It is going to be a, a byproduct of our conversations. Our daily conversations. Do you know that God said light be and nobody was around to hear it? There wasn't anything or anybody to record it. There was not a, uh, 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 this was not said in, in a church. This was not said in a conference. This wasn't said in Bible school. This, this wasn't said in Hebrew, in English. This was said by the Spirit. And it was so truthful, it has lasted all this time. Nobody was around. What you say when no one is around is really what you believe. What you, not what you say when the crowd's around you trying to please the crowd and trying to say what they say to try to mimic the group you're in. It's what you say consistently. It's what you say on a regular basis. Amen. And so if I'm full of the glory of God, and full of the, this is what I have. This, this is the aspect of, of life, and this is what that, that, that was really good. Go over with me, if you will. And um, uh, I, have, I don't know if they, got, they were able to get that image up or not to the giant. I don't know if you were able to get that, if, if you weren't. Go over with me to Luke's Gospel, the chapter 13. And uh, we're dealing with the subject of, 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 of change. I, wanna, I want you to show you this to you and, uh, and how this is going. Uh, this is... is, is uh, in a constant, uh, if you'll notice that, 
the, put the image of David and Goliath on your, in your forefront. I want, you know, I saw this photo and it didn't magnify. And there's one, one guy running up that step. And those steps represent your future. And there's always something that seems to be bigger. But why on earth would you run up those steps if there wasn't something bigger on the other side? If there wasn't something greater on the other side of that. And then I want you to notice that in this image that the giant standing in front of you is chained. You've got the liberty to run. You've got the liberty to, I make my decision. And he charged it. If you're going to accomplish anything this year, you're going to have to charge. You're going to have to run at everything you've got. There are so many blessings that have been untapped by us that we have sown into for years and years and haven't reaped them. It's time that we go back and say, ah, wait, 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 wait. Back about 10 years ago, I sowed. 10 years ago, I honored God. I was in it. I was flowing in this. And I didn't get that. You know what? It's time for me to go get what's mine. Amen. It's not that it's not God held it back. Sometimes we just didn't do it. My son used an illustration. There's promises in a thing. And we've got to recognize they belong to us. So when Satan tries to extract something from you, no, hold on a minute. I am what God said I am. And I can do exactly what God said I could do. Now, we were talking about this a little earlier, uh, and uh, I'll probably say it again by the conclusion of this because I want to drive this home. Because oftentimes we get, and then I want to see somewhat of a reaction. See what happens here. I don't care what you go through. When he called me about his 23-year-old grandson who was announced by the doctors to be brain dead. And they called me. Pastor Hart, my, my uh, grandson has been, di- has been reported. They found him in the streets. And he's brain, he, they, when they got there, he was, he was deceased. Dead on arrival. Brain dead. Took him to the hospital and we cooked him up the machines. Put, put this man's grandson in there. And when they called me, I said, what do you guys want? He said, we want him to live, not turn loose of this thing. I said, well, then I can agree with that. Let's go to verses of Scripture. And I said, you're in there. Get in there and go. She said, oh, his, his wife, Yolanda, said, we're not turning him loose. Oh, no, I'm not turning him loose. Amen. I'm not turning him loose. So they ran at the giant of death. And death is the is the uh, the the strongest spirit there is in the natural. In the natural death, people fear death. That's a scripture all their life. They fear death. This level of life, he dealt with that, and they ran at that spirit of death. They ran at that thing, and so I called him last night. I was talking to him about it. And he said, well, you know, they said, we're going to unplug him. And once we unplug him, he won't breathe any further than a few moments, few moments and he's dead. Well, I talked to him last night. I said, and this was in, this was boy, before Thanksgiving? Right on Thanksgiving Day. And he and I conversed. And Joanne and I, we were, uh, had just got back from uh, Florida when I got this phone call. And uh, we, as I got on the phone with him and conversed with him, he was in, he, I wasn't there. Now, now, we're dealing with the year of great change and, ex- and great exchange. Words matter. I said, hold on a minute. His brain, I recall this many, many, many years ago. The brother Copeland made a statement. He said uh, that somebody that they knew that had a, had a stroke and the cells died. And the Spirit of the Lord told him, he goes, well, we don't use half of our brain anyway. Most, most of it, we don't use it. So the other part of it, the cells are still alive. Tap into those. So that's what I told them to start doing, to start tapping into that thing. Well, now I, ta- I was on the way to a hospital visit last night, and I called him on it, and I said, tell me how your grandson's doing. He goes, he's up talking. And he's up, and he, and he said, and he, 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 kissed, 
He kissed my hand and said, love your grandma. Saying, I love your grandma. How does a person go from being brain dead to kissing your hand and saying, I love your grandpa? How, How do you go from that realm to that realm? You'll never understand that in the natural except light be. Glory be. So we say, glory be to God. It's just not something we ought to be saying. Change will not take place until we recognize the importance of words and the atmosphere that we live in and walk in and how we converse with this whole thing and live in this thing. I mean, when he was dealing with this and I told him, I said, love didn't do that. Love did not raise him up because he loved him before he became brain dead. So love didn't stop that, that situation. So as much as he loved him, it, it couldn't stop it. So love had love. He loved him, but that, that didn't stop that thing. Now going to church didn't stop that. Faith. I love how, how uh, Parisha Hilliard puts it in her song. She said, facts change. And faith changes the facts. So when facts change, the only way facts will ever change is with your faith. And they'll never change until you say opposite of what you see. That is not the size of your giant. That is the size of your victory. Your obstacle is already chained. I don't care how big it looks in the natural. You and I win in the name of Jesus. We win. Now look Luke's gospel Chapter 13 makes a statement. I want you to see this in there. And he was teaching in in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath day. Verse 10. Luke chapter 13, verse 10. And he, Jesus, was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. That's their worship time. That's that's their Sabbath day. That's their time of worship. And he was in, in the synagogue. So where was he? And what was he doing in the synagogue? Well, he was teaching where? In the synagogue. When was he teaching? On the Sabbath. Now, according to Jewish custom, you weren't supposed to do anything on the Sabbath. You couldn't work on the Sabbath. There wasn't anything you could do on the Sabbath. Not nothing. So Jesus is teaching in on the Sabbath. Now, I want you to catch this. And behold, there was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bowed together and could in no wise lift up herself. Isn't that interesting? She couldn't do anything to herself. And when Jesus saw her, he called her to him, and he said unto her, Woman, thou art loosed from thine infirmity. Thou art loosed from thine infirmity. He laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. And the rulers of the synagogue answered with indignation because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath day. Jesus had healed on the Sabbath day. And they were sick. They said, there are six days in which men ought to work. And in them, now so they called healing the work. Don't you catch that? They called healing the work. And then they said this, and therefore come and be healed. And they said, and they, they could come and be healed. Well, now I want you to back up for just a moment. I want you to catch something important here before we go through this. And uh, verse 11 said, Behold, there was a woman. Behold, there was a woman. Where was the woman? Where was the woman? In the synagogue. Where was Jesus? How long, look at what the scripture said, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity 18 years. So, how long was she bound? How many years? 18 years. It started 18 years earlier. Now, this is close to, I'm about, I'm, I'm about ready to, to help you forever. For some of you, I'm about ready to correct you forever. For some of you, I'm about ready to spank you. This woman, over 18 years, progressively got worse, and they called it the spirit of infirmity. Yet, she never stopped going to the synagogue. 
now come on this side and get the belt over here. They never, she never stopped going to the synagogue. It didn't say her husband was with her. We don't know if she's married or not. But she never stopped. She was known in that synagogue. And the priest couldn't offer anything different over 18 years. He said, there's uh, six more days to work. On that day, she should have been healed. Well, she's been coming for 18 years, hadn't got one thing. Not from you guys. Jesus stopped. Now, notice Luke. Luke, I like Luke. Luke is awesome. Luke is the doctor of the bunch, the disciples. By trade, he was a doctor. By profession, he was a doctor. He's a physician. All right? So, Luke is something interesting. Luke gives a greater definition of the virgin birth. Luke mentions 43 times women in his book. Very descriptive. He's writing to a man by the name of Theophilus who wanted to know about Jesus. So he's very descriptive. Matthew only mentions women 19 times, but Luke 23 times, 43 times. This one of them, he said, there's a woman. Did you notice that Luke said, behold, there was a woman. He didn't name her. He didn't give her a name, but Jesus gave her a name. He said, ought not this woman, the daughter of Abraham, he named her. He gave her a name. She is the daughter of Abraham, a descendant of the promise. And she's in the synagogue. And you guys care more about donkeys and jackasses than you do your own members. Read it. He said, they said, this you should be doing. He goes, you guys on Sabbath will loose a donkey to feed it and give it water and jackasses and feed it and give it water, but you, won't want, you don't want this woman well? And he said, ought not this woman. So I'm looking at you and saying, ought not you as a believer, born again, washed in the blood, Called by Almighty God, anointed by Almighty God. Be well, be blessed, stand up strong. Every part of your body healthy. Every part of your mind and and your bones and your blood. Every part of you made well. Yeah. And it ought to be done on Sunday. And it ought to be done on Monday. And it ought to be done on Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday. The work of the Spirit of God is creating in us great change if we accept this. One of the great changes that are going to take place is when you stop going to church and just become the church. Amen. Amen. I mean, this is important that we, that we understand this, that, that we get a hold of this. So, he, she, she was the daughter of Abraham. They didn't care for this. Now, uh, now let me, give me give you a statement here, just a statement. I, I was meditating on this statement, uh, uh, and that is this. Uh, Jesus did something. They, they got upset at him over this. Now, the reason that I brought this up, 18 years. There are people that go to their doctors for 20 years. But the moment they get ill, I can't go to church. I know Jesus is a healer, but I got a doctor's appointment. And you know that your doctors, especially specialists, you got to see them a few months down the road. Am I right? And if you're five minutes late, they reschedule it. But you could be there an hour early and they'll still see you two hours later. And if you leave, you lose your spot. Unless you have a physician by the name of Jesus who already saw you before the foundation of the world healed and whole. Glory be to God. So, you know, this is why this is... This this is important imperative to us that we understand this. I wrote this down. See, if you if you learn to catch on fire for God, the whole world will come and watch you burn. If you catch on fire, do you know there are people that have had accidents 
And people don't help them, they just video them. They just video them. Oh, yeah, look, I got it on YouTube, look. They'll see people get beat up, won't help, they just take video. Look at all this. I was, I, I, I was, uh, I, I went last night, I was with the Harikis last night. You know, I was coming home last night, and I was talking to Joanne on the phone, and a man that was drunk was in the middle of the street with a bottle, just standing there, and, and was stepped, he was in the middle of the street, no island, just the middle of the street. I wasn't on the highway. I was on the. I was. Uh, I was on on a street called Imperial, and I'm coming down, and this guy's just going this way, and I was going to pull. I slowed down, and there was another car to my right, so I started to move to the right a little bit. And I was going to pull over, and he fell right in front of the vehicle behind me. Guy slammed on his brakes. Happened to be the police. So the police lights go on, and the police gets out. Well. I didn't need to pull over any further. I mean, this was, you know, this was a situation that was taking. He said, well, why don't you go over and pray? I wasn't instructed to do that. I was going to go out the man. Get off the middle of the road. I mean, you know, he was drunk. But now, here's the situation. I wasn't expecting that at all. I wasn't expecting that. And, and if what happened if he, if uh, I recall this, uh, some people don't, we find this shocking what time. It was on a December, uh, October 31st, and we were having a situation and Joanne was driving her car while we were all driving, we're going someplace. And Joanne, and we were leaving church. And it wasn't at church, but he pulled out of the street, down, going down the road, and going over the highway. And, she, and, and then I, I was following her. I pulled over, and, and Joanne pulled over at the gas station. What's she doing over there? I pulled over at the gas station. And when I pulled over at the corner, I saw this body there. I thought... Did Joanne hit this man? <laughs> no, 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 listen close. This man had been drunk, got in a car accident, got out of the car, walked out, somebody else hit him, left him there, hit and run. Joanne ran over him and drug him to the corner. And, and when he came around, do it, girl in front of you? Well, how did you get involved in this? And so the body's laying out in the middle of the street. And so we had to go. I went out in the middle of the street. I, I just stopped traffic so that nobody else would hit this man. And it's, it's amazing how we don't realize sometimes that something else may have his situation and covenant, covenant promises. That some people are dragging dead things. You didn't create it, you didn't do it, but yet you ran over it and you don't stop to check. And oftentimes it's because we don't recognize life. Let me say this one more time. His grandson was called brain dead by professionals. But they didn't factor in the anointing. So, listen close. Your member, Jose, has a grandson who died and God raised him from the dead. And even when it happened, he came to church. He didn't set up candles and burn them outside this room. He didn't have a vigil. He was in service. All, every service. He didn't miss one service. Ought not Jose Camarillo's grandson live? Yeah. Is he alive? Yes. Glory be to God. That response reveals what you think. Now, it's important that we realize this, that, uh, that uh, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20. And so when you see that, that giant up here, what I'm endeavoring to do is, 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 uh, is help you get from point A to point B and uh, uh, stretch my hands out, if I may, to, to pull you beyond this giant living kind of situation here and get to the place we needed to go. First, 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 1, verse 20. Uh, and uh, it makes this statement. Uh, 
2 Corinthians one twenty. For all the promises of God in him are yea and amen and to the glory by us. All the promises of God. All of the promises of God. If you and I are going to experience great change, we're going to have to realize that God has given to us promises. God has given to us promises and all of these promises are for us and they're in him, yea and amen. Now think about that. They're in him. In him. They're in him. God, God gave the promise. It, the promise lives in him. He just didn't disconnect it when he gave it. Amen? Are you with me? He didn't disconnect. So the moment he promised, uh, uh, you ladies, you women, are something of a wonderful design of God. Amen. You are carriers of what we, of, of infants, babies. And when in your womb, when you begin to start carrying, that baby cannot survive without the umbilical cord. Inside of you, that child gets connected to the umbilical cord and everything you eat, it eats. When you feel stressed, the baby feels stressed. When you get excited, your, your health gives health to your body, to your baby. It does. It gives us health. And so it's ever connected. So you women are, and also, think about this, God had designed it that God the Father, His Son, would come through a virgin and that she would give birth. So woman is the umbilical cord between heaven and earth. And be it done unto me according to thy words. And great change took place. Great change. Now, this was all promise. So when we're dealing with this, this term in here, promise, is so important to us that we understand that it's in him. So the, when God promised something to us, that promise is connected to us, to him and to us, and he's constantly feeding that promise to us. Now, go with me to Joshua chapter 1, verse 45, and, and I'm going to give you another translation of this particular verse. Uh, it's the Good News translation. I like this this translation. Of this and it said uh, uh, and it says this in Joshua twenty one forty five. Uh, are you all there? If not, you can look at the screen. The Lord kept every one of the promises that He had made to the people of Israel. The Lord kept all the promises. The Lord did. Now, Acts two. 39 says this. And I like this. Are you ready for this verse? You Holy Ghost, Spirit filled, shouting, excited. Message translation says, The promise, Connie, is targeted to you. You're the target. You're the bullseye. The promise is targeted to you. Now think, think about that for just a moment. Hey, think about David when your child, do you carry your your son was born? The promise was targeted. That's right, that's right, that's right. Amen to that. That's good. Still is. Still is. Targeted to that. Oh, come on, man. Put in the hospital and the baby I mean, stayed in that hospital that was a preemie. Went through so much medical scenarios. And God raised that child up. Child's here, healthy and strong. And then they come out, and there's a million dollar, uh, was it over about, an, over about a million dollar debt? And, and then they, got, they wiped that, the, the hospital wiped the whole thing out. They said, we, We've just come to the clue that we have ways of doing things, and we chose you. So we're removing your whole debt. Now, but now I recall, I recall when they got that news, they came and said, and just, yeah, I remember Carrie had little tears in her eyes. I mean, you got your child in the hospital. You want your child come home. You can't even touch your child without suiting up and, and doing all this stuff. I liked when I talked to David on the phone. And David said, I, uh, I can accept some visitors in the room, but I'm not going to. I don't want any words that will... Create the atmosphere of any loss of hope. My son's coming home. 
And man, he started quoting me scriptures for about 30 minutes. And I'm agreeing with him. He goes, because the Word says this. And the Word says this. And the Word says this, Pastor Art. And the Word says this. This is what I know. And I'm his daddy. And I'm holding on to the Word of God over this. I mean, for about 30 minutes, I didn't have... I was, he was encouraging me. And I'm trying to call him and encourage him. And yet, the Word on him was encouraging him. And he was coming out of him. And he was angry while he was showing those verses of Scripture. He was fighting a good fight of faith over that. And his child's home now. And I recall when they came in and they were shaking a little bit. The doctors had given him another negative report. And he said, we tied the day, but we got to sow seed to our man of God. And they were shaking while they did it. And they said, he's coming out of this thing. Amen. I remember that. And I know she had tears in her eyes. God, she's human. She's, that's, my, my, that's mama. This is my child. The promise is targeted. The promise is targeted to you. The, prom- the promise of God is targeted at you. Man, you got a bullseye, a Holy Ghost bullseye on the inside of you. It's coming straight at you in Jesus' name. And watch this. If you, that doesn't get you excited, listen to this. To you and your children. So if you have children, you ought to rejoice, man. Because not only is the promise yours, it belongs to your children, whether they're serving God or not. Whether they walked away or not, had nothing to do God's promise. I got them targeted, honey. Just keep your words going. Stop talking how they look. Start talking how you want them to look. And to all that are far away, whoever, in fact, our master God has invited. Now, I want to instruct you here on these promises and once again teach you this. Now, let me me read this to you. This is important that you get this. Because as your pastor, I got to, this is my, this is what I live by. This is not my profession. No, I, I quit or I quit a profession to do what I'm doing now. I'm called to this. There's a difference. I've been studying the Bible for over 47 years now. Reading it, studying it. I, I've, you know, I've got, I don't know how many books I read. I read. Amen. Leaders are readers. And lead, read, leaders that readers are feeders. And the first person you feed is yourself. Now, there are, um, this is close to this, the numbers, they, they, if they'll put them up on the screen for just a moment. There are literally 7,000 promises of God given to us from Genesis to Revelation. 7,000 promises. Let me say that again. 7,000 promises of God given to us from Genesis to Revelation. These God-given promises are located within the 31,173 verses of the Bible. That 22,214 of these promises are given in the Old Testament. 7,059 of these given are located in the New Testament. That means just a little over 134 promises a day. You and I, every day we wake up, have 134 promises we can claim at least. But all 7,000 of them are ours. And they're all God-given. And they're all full of glory. And they're all full of health. And they're all full of wealth. And they're all purchased by the blood of the Lamb. And backed by God's Word. And backed by God's love. And God backed by God's mercy. Amen. Oh, glory be to God. I don't know about you, but there no. So, so you fit in every, any category you fit. You, whether, it's, whether you're a man, you got a promise. Whether you're a woman, you got a promise. Whether you're parents, you got a promise. Whether you're a child, you got a promise. Amen. Amen. Regardless, whether it's healing or physically, you got a promise. Financially, you got a promise. You work in the, in the industry, you got a promise. You're in sales, you got a promise. There's every, no matter, it covers every spectrum of life. And in order for us to change, we've got to recognize there are 7,000 promises belonging to me. But they are conditional. 
Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Which means salvation is present, but you've got to be willing to call. If you don't call, then you don't reap the benefit. The promise is there. The, the promise is there. So, so we've got to recognize that. Amen? I mean, this, this, is, this is important uh, that we understand all of the promises of God. Now, Brent was talking about how Todd set up this war zone between the Legos. Well, now, my son Joel used to collect all of these little characters, all kinds of stuff. And they didn't have Star Wars back then and all that, but he used to collect these little things. He used to, every time, Can I ever get one of these? He had a bunch. I can't even tell you how many he had. He would line them all up by the alphabetically and color code. And he'd line them all up. And I'd go in and move them around. He literally would walk into his room and put his books down and stuff from school. And he'd go, Dad, you were touching my, to- my things here. You put this one over here and this one over here. One of them is missing. Where is that? And it's this one. And he could name it, which one it was. He could name which one it was. He's just a kid. And he could remember where their toys were because he lined them up. And he put everything there. Sometimes when, a, when we walk in and somebody's trying to move our stuff, you better know in here, ho, 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 hold it. You're trying to mess with my heart and my heart is strong. My, I'm, a, I'm a healed man. I'm a delivered man. You're trying to put fear on me? No. Fear had no part of my life. The only way that you can live in fear, remove the F, is through ear. If faith comes by hearing and move the H to the word hear, you got ear. Faith comes by hearing, your ears. Fear comes when you have false hearing. And you, don't, and you line your problem up and make it greater than the word. Come on, man, you got 7,000. Say this to me, I have 7,000 promises given to me by Almighty God. Oh, man. Now, that's why every time that you and I do this, uh, it, it, we have a right to, to go down. In Psalm 91, I was telling somebody last night, there's a, a, a confession of faith. Um, uh, and and uh, um, nine, Psalm 91, 91-1, or 9-1-1, is our emergency. That's our emergency call. This is how you change. Now, with that in mind, I want to do this here. And um, I know I've scanned down my notes, so they're probably looking for that right now. But I want you to look at Psalm 91 with me as the word of promise over your life, over my life, over our lives. See, the, the promises are yours. The promises are, are mine. The promises belong to us. We have promises. Now, remember, we like this verse of Scripture. What things ever you desire when you pray. Remember that verse? What thanks ever you desire when you pray, believing you receive, you have. Isn't that a good word? Man, that's a good promise. What thanks ever I desire when I pray. How about this one? And whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed. Isn't that a good verse? They're right next to each other. Amen. They're, I mean, they're, they're connected. We love that. Whosoever shall say to this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe those things he saith, it shall come to pass. Powerful word. That's verse 24. But, right connected to that in the same family is 25. If you have unforgiveness. Ah, we forget about that one. See, that's the condition to 22, 23, and 24. So the reason some aren't experiencing 22, 23, 24 is because they're neglecting 25. They're living in unforgiveness. And they're letting unforgiveness try to rule their heart and mind. You, you and I can't do that. Amen. Amen. You'll know somebody bothers you when they walk into the room and you, and you, get, and you feel awkward. You get, feel like you have butterflies in your stomach. That's, that's on you. It's not on them. It's that they turned a bunch of butterflies loose. 
Psalm 91 is their confession of faith. Are you ready? Now, and I want you to, to say this with me, as, if, as you will, as a confession. These are promises. But Psalm 91, would you say this with me? Uh, now, th- this is vitally important. Now, say this with me. I live, I live within the shadow of the Almighty. The of the Almighty. I, am I am sheltered by the God who's above all gods. I declare that He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God, and I'm trusting Him completely. He has rescued me from every trap of those chasing my life and my destiny. I am protected from deadly diseases. He has shielded me, shelters me with His wings, and His truthful promises are my shield. Now, the wings are the Word. It's the Word. It's the promise of the Old and New Covenant. Combined together, that's the wing. But the feathers are the promises. The challenge is most people don't know the promises. That's why there's so much sad Christianity. Amen. This, this is why we've got to. This is this is this. This is why we've got to learn the the promises of God, that how they belong to us, and then the connection to them of what I need to do to change, to make that promise come to pass. Oh man, I mean, amen. Again, how do you go from being? Brain dead to kissing daddy. Grandpa, how do you do that? Amen. Only one way. Psalm 911. The Word. Hold on to the promises of God. How do you get your child out of the hospital? By for 30 minutes, almost yelling at your pastor. Oh, yeah, I told him, I said, you're mad. He goes, I am mad. But not at you. I go, well, don't. I know, I know, I know that. I'm just listening. Go for it, man. Go. Go. He was pouring scripture out of him, and that's the thing. You know, Pastor, pray. Well, what scripture are you standing on? I don't know. You got to know. According to your faith. Come on, say this with me. I will never be afraid. For any terror of the night, for the fear or danger of the day, I will not accept, nor will I receive, oh, this is good, plagues of darkness, nor disasters in the noonday. Come on, man. No diseases, no plagues, no disaster, no terror. Seventh verse, although a thousand fall by my side, though ten thousand are lying. Oh, I'm I'm not letting you confess it. I'm reading it. Amen. Come on, say it with me. Although a thousand at my side, though ten thousand are dying round about me, the evil one will not touch me. Now hold it, hold it back up, whack up, back up. If he can't touch you and the promises to you and your children and your children's children and to your household, then when we make this statement, I'm including everybody, the way Joshua stood up and said, as for me and my house, I will serve Almighty God. And if I serve my God, then what he promised me comes on all my family. Now watch this. I was thinking about it when I was quoting this, David, about this. They called your baby preemie. And I thought about this, how this scripture right here came alive for you guys. Premature death will not come close to my household. Oh, um, excuse me, Bennett. Ah. Premature death. No accidents. No tragedies. No plane crashes. 
Glory be to God. Eight, number eight, I will see how the wicked are punished, but I will, I will not share in it. They're going to be punished, but I will not share in that punishment. For Jehovah is my refuge. Oh, I'm saying it again. I'm not even having you confess it. <laughs> now you know what I do. Now I'm telling you how I live. This is what I do. How do you think I wrote this? I say these things. I stand in my room and I say this stuff. I don't wait for some, somebody to come down to say this. This is what I say all the time. What you say in private is the real you. This is why I get so excited. This, this is why I stay excited. Ah. All right, so. Uh, ten. Say it with me. Evil will not come near my dwelling place. For the angels are under instruction to protect me wherever I go. They will protect me with their hands. I will not stumble or dash my foot against the stone. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm healed. I'm delivered. I am free. In Jesus' name. Glory be to God. This is how change comes. This is how change comes. This is how change comes about. I was bathing my father-in-law, and he looked at me, and he said, Do you realize, I'm convinced of this, because I pray for you every night. You, you and Joanne, I pray for you every night. And he goes, I, I'm convinced if I hadn't have moved in with you, I'd be dead. I said, why did he say that? He goes, because I'd have quit life. He goes, but you can't quit life in this house. Amen. He said, because I make statements and then you correct me. And when I get stubborn with you, you call me a Marine. And you ask me, will a Marine act that way like a baby? And it straightens me up. And I put the word on him. He used to suffer from headaches. And every day. And he'd be in bed for three to four days. When he lived on his own. He was just taking a shower. He goes, I can't remember the last time I had a headache. He used to have sleep with a sleep apnea machine. He came, I go, you're not sleep with that. I said, God did design that with that. And she goes, Jesus am, I put my hand on it. Sleep apnea, you're, you're redeemed from that. He had water since. He had put that thing on since. Not since he's been with us. Not since he's been with us. No. Uh-uh. No. He'll say, I was watching the news today. I go, I was reading the news today. I said, my news outdoes yours. What do you think is going to happen? Exactly what the Bible says is going to happen. <laughs> Come on, ladies and gentlemen. Now, I don't have time to, to, to get into this, but I want to read a ver- one verse, but I want to tell the story about this. Uh, um, King Jehoshaphat. King Jehoshaphat ran up into a situation. Somebody's knees are being healed right now. That's why I did that. Somebody's knees are being healed. You had struggle with that, and your, your, your knees are being healed. King Jehoshaphat was put into a scenario. Three kingdoms sent three armies to kill him, to destroy him. And when they came at him, he did something. He... he um, uh, Here's what he did. He, he went into prayer, and, and I, I wrote this down. I got time to get into this. But he faced fear with, with faith. You know what the man did? The Bible said this. He built the platform. He built a platform. Then he stood on the platform and commanded the whole assembly to get together. And when they all got together, and they, then he said this, he instructed them, put your hands to heaven. And they put their hands to heaven and all the people, and all of them began to pray. 
What would happen if we get the whole church to pray? If we could, if we said, let's put our hands to heaven and there wasn't a... But it was, put your hands to heaven. Amen. Amen. There are things I've done. I, you know, I recall this when I was thinking about Jehoshaphat. When, he, when I read Brother Copeland's book on the troublemaker, and I put my hands to heaven in my living room after he did it six times, and, and I put my hand, no, Joanne wasn't there. I put my hand up to heaven before heaven, and I said, Father, in Jesus' name, if there's anything I could ever do for this man, serve him in any capacity, I'll do it. I commit it to you. I ain't commit it to him. That year, we were invited to go serve in ministry helps. I got to serve ministry way up in the balcony. Six people in my section. I was crying like a baby. thinking, Father, you honored me. You honored me. Thank you, Father, for that honor that I get to serve up here. Man, and they, when they said pass out the envelopes, I went to empty chairs. Did anybody want an envelope? Because I was acting strange. No, because I, I expected my section to be full. I expected it. So I so and then by the end by by Wednesday that's the first time by Wednesday my section was full because I expected it to be full. And so I I I got a hold of the word. I was I was just young. I was young in this thing. I was growing up in this thing. But I put my hands up like this. That's why he could never offend me. Because he didn't call me to that. He God I I that was between me and God. Some people never make a personal commitment before God as to what they're going to do. Now, that's why I'm telling you about this this scripture right here. King Jehoshaphat got got everybody together. I'll put their hands to heaven. And then this is what he said to everybody. God, we don't have any help. There are three kingdoms against us. We don't have any help, any power against this great multitude that has come against us. Only our help is in you. We don't have any help. Nobody's on our side. Sometimes you can go through life and feel like nobody's on your side. Sometimes you go through moments and situations, you're going to hear it. It's going to come suddenly. There, and at that moment, it appears as though you got no help. He goes, the only help I have is you. We're, now, here's what he said. We're standing here. We're waiting on you. God, we need you to do something. Now, now watch this. This is what I love. Ah, I love this. When Jehoshaphat stood up and said that, it's when the unction of the prophet came in. And the prophet stood up by the Spirit and spoke, you won't even have to fight in this battle. In the morning, assemble yourselves. You'll go out and find that it's already been won. This is great change. This is where you and I, but that didn't include, that's awesome. And I know some of you got, I got some holy grunts out of that one. But here's, here's, here it is right here. This is where sometimes we miss it. This is where sometimes we even miss what we're doing here right now. Or what my position is, what my post is. For some, I'm exchangeable. For some, you know, that I'm, I'm you know, I'm occasional. Now, 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 this is close. Everything I'm saying to you is life-changing. Listen, you've heard this verse of Scripture. Man, if you read the whole chapter, actually read the chapter 4 and this chapter here, and then the chapter after, oh, my God, the meat of that is... Listen to what he said. Here's the conclusion of this. Joseph asked, stood and said, Hear me, O O Judah, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem... Believe in the Lord your God. In other words, believe in the Lord your God in what I told you when I prayed. Then he said this, so shall you be established. Now, believe your prophet and you'll prosper. Two things. Believe what I said and believe what the prophet said. Combine them together. 
And he said, and so shall you prosper. Now, we always like that word to prosper, but here's the key word, established. There's establishing before prosperity. This is great change. And great change is going to require you to change some stuff that you're doing. Trusting the promises creates change. Everything in it is a byproduct of this, and this is what you and I have got to work on. This is, this is, what, this is the, the power of this thing. This is, how, this, is what, this is how we live in this. We, we work in this thing. We operate in this thing. Amen. This is, this is how this works. Amen. So we get up, we get up. Glory be to God. Do I get frustrated? Oh, there's times I get frustrated. <laughs> Pastor, have you ever been mad? Yeah. <laughs> Pastor, do you ever feel like quitting? Feel? Um, feelings come, but feelings aren't real. And quit, it's not in my spiritual DNA, but sometimes your head will try to tell you to do something. Amen. I, I was, you know, I was, Joanne and I, we were watching via live stream, Brother Copeland's statement, and I leaned over to Joanne and I said, I see the importance there. He said, my whole life I had two spiritual fathers. My whole life. Or Roberts and Brother Hagin. And they were his spiritual fathers until they went to heaven. He didn't change them out. Why do you think he's lasting so long? In 1978, my spiritual father was Dr. Ed Dufresne. He's in heaven now. My next spiritual father is now Brother Jesse Duplantis. I've had two. Now, I've had a wonderful pastor, Bob Lytle. I had tremendous teachers and mentors that, that teach me. But I've only had in my lifetime, right now, after right now, two. And when he said that, I looked over and I go, I've had two. He's had two. And the only reason he didn't have me, they're in heaven. Man, there's so many people with so many spiritual fathers. <laughs> that makes you a stepchild. Somewhere along the line. Then the Bible doesn't speak about that. But so so this whole level of commitment has to be changed. There has to be change. Amen. And so great change is coming, man. Amen. So praise God for it. And so, you know, uh, we we have this. When my son was talking about that road, and the different things. And it is going to be a challenging road. And she's, that image of that woman pulled herself up. Some of you are going to do that this year. Some of you are going to be pulling and pulling. But you pull by faith. Pull by faith. Don't call in the natural. You climb by faith. And you'll and you get over to that situation. Amen. And, and, and did you notice that there really anybody else that said there, you know, uh, re- remember the Bible said. And remember this, I was with you. And it, don't. Sometimes you're going to be dealing with this stuff all by yourself. This is what Christianity is about now. And the thing about it is, is that Jesus, well, never mind. Never mind. This is a year change if you are willing to stand the change. And you've got to be willing to deal with that. You're going to have to stand up by yourself, tighten your belt, and say, I'm walking by faith in this thing. And these things on the peripheral, I'm not going to have them. I'm not going to put up with them. They hinder my spiritual life. They hinder, my, they hinder it. They, they, they hinder that. So these, these whole things, uh, these, these are so vitally important. Amen? Do, do we understand that? Uh, years back, Joanne bought me years, years back. When boys weren't even born, Atari was out. The little game came on. It's called Pong. It was a, all it was was just one black screen with a line in the middle with two white lines on either side with one ball in it, and it just went boom, boom. And when you beat it, it got faster. Boom, boom, boom. And it started off with a larger line and as you went further it line got smaller boom 
boom, boom. Then she bought me uh, Space Invaders. Now that one went. It had a little music to it, and choo, choo. I played that thing. I became a champ at that. Why are you saying that? I played it so much. I come into church. I go, let's pray. And I get down and I could hear the music of that machine. <laughs> I was, I played that thing so much. I could hear it. I closed my eyes to pray. And I would hear, I see the characters. And I, I couldn't engage. So after a while of that, I went home, took it outside and sold it. To anybody who would take it. I know she paid, I don't know how much she paid for it, but I sold it for like 10 bucks. Just come by and take it. The kid go, I'll take it, yeah. Bought everything, all the little cartridges, everything to it. I had to get rid of it because I, I didn't control me. It wasn't the game. I didn't control me. Now, you guys bought me a Galaga. I got it for my anniversary. It was my gift, and I got it. So, every once in a while, when I do play it, I play two games and shut it off. And then I tell it, you're not in control of me, and I won't hear you at night. Because I remembered. I said, no, I will not play you. But I played it so much that my top score is 102. 1,000. <laughs> 88 was my, 88, my first score. I hadn't played it a long time. Shut the thing off. That's good enough. Walked away. <laughs> but that, but see, that's, that's, that's not even a, 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 a spiritual challenge. But what it is, those kind of changes. Some of you are going to have to change friends. Some of you have to change how you think, how you act, how you sing, how you worship. Because you, you just have to do this. Some of you have to learn to be early. Change. Amen. This is, oh man. It is, it is, it is the power, it's the power of God. And this, this is, this is where, where we're at right now. When I, when I think about the, the 11, no, 14 men. That were there were Christians out in and in, uh, in Saudi Arabia, and they were arrested. They were taken out, and then they shot one and beheaded the others for their faith. And they told each one of them, "Renounce your faith in Christ." They wouldn't do it. They took hatchets and cut their heads off. And I'm thinking, they don't have what you have. They don't have the luxury that you have. They don't have the dynamics of this thing. Amen. They, they don't have the, the freedom of this kind of worship. They can't do that. But yet, what they did have, I love God. I, I love God. When we, when we were in uh, uh, over preaching in Kuwait and the woman got saved, we couldn't lay hands on them. They needed to be healed, but you had to have to ask permission. And you have to ask them. And they're all covered in the black outfits. Can we lay hands on you? And they say, well, who's looking? Because they didn't want to be in trouble when they got home. We lay hands on them, they get healed. But the interesting thing, when they got born again, one of them was crying. He said, one of three things are going to happen. When I go home and my parents find out, when family finds out, they're going to kill me. They're going to beat me and whip me, force me to quit. Or they're going to disown me and kick me out of the home and I'll live on the streets. But they said, it's worth it. Jesus. And you know why? They said, I served Allah all these years. This woman told me. And I've never been healed once. I heard of Jesus one time. We hear about him every Sunday. So it is worth a shout. They say, thank God I am saved. Thank God I am delivered. Thank God I'm free. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom I serve, I pronounce the blessing on this congregation. I declare that we're bo our bodies are well and healthy. I'm decreeing and declaring there will be no, no sudden attacks, no fear, no terror in the night. I'm saying no plagues will plague our homes. No in the name of Jesus, there will be no fear, terror, Anxiety attacks in our homes. No brain aneurysms. Father, we declare it, decree it as pastor over this church. 
And as, and as the man of God here dest, uh, set by, by you, I, pro, I proclaim it and decree it over their lives. Blessed are they that hear the word of this prophecy and obey it and walk in it. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Now put your right hand towards heaven and say, Thank God I'm saved. Thank God I'm healed. Thank you, Father, for loving me the way you do. I respond by loving you back. I will serve you all the days of my life. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Ah, well, somebody give Jesus a shout and amen and, and a glory to God. If you were encouraged by today's message and believe it would be uplifting to others, then be sure to rate us and hit subscribe. To experience more of Heritage, visit us at www.heritageff.org. Again, thank you for listening to the Heritage Podcast today. And remember, Jesus is Lord.